This is Confessions of an Actress. I'm your host, Meredith Patterson. For the past two decades, I've worked professionally on Broadway, in TV and film in New York and L.A. This show takes you on the inside track of what life is really like in the entertainment industry. Let's get real. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Confessions of an Actress. This sounds kind of strange. This little microphone that I'm using sounds a little strange, so I apologize. I am actually in Whitefish, Montana, doing a wonderful um, Broadway summer camp for kids here, as well as some concerts. So um, I'm using a different microphone, but that's the way it goes. That's the way this podcast goes. So yes, I did just sing Janet Jackson, because why not? Um, How is everybody? I know you guys missed me last week. I was crazy trying to learn one of the most difficult tap routines, I think, out there, which is Moses Supposes. Um, I was learning it in like six days. And not even Gene Kelly and Donald O'Connor did that. They tried to learn it, or I guess the original like rehearsal process for that was like six weeks from what I heard. I could be wrong. Google it. But um, six days was real fast, so I didn't have time to do anything else but do that and ice my feet. So welcome back, everybody, after our little week hiatus. But I hope you have caught up on all of our episodes. I hope that you guys are supporting this podcast. I'm just so floored by all of the wonderful responses and and my guests um, that are a part of this. Like my guest today, you know... He's a celebrity. He is a full-blown celebrity and became a celebrity at a very young age before we all knew what that thing American Idol was. You know, he was on season one. And, you know, it's it, it, there's so much more. And, of course, I always say go and Google his career because my guest is amazing. But he's a really, you know honestly is one of the greatest um like uh, person who gives back as a celebrity you know that's that that's my favorite thing is when you use your platform well and he is doing that he is doing so many great things and he talks all about it and we talk about it together so I'm really not going to go on and on because it speaks for itself this amazing interview I'm really really proud to have had him on the show and I hope that I get more um, more people who can bring awareness to auditioning and the life of an actor and the life of an artist as, uh, my guest is. So who's my guest? <laughs> Justin Guarini, the great Justin Guarini. Yes, I said it. Um, you know, we, we have not, we've not seen each other in God since my oldest son is born. And we talk about that but it's really funny because the people who have gravitated towards being my guests on the show, um, the people who have who have responded <laughs> and want to be a guest on the show, um, are really the people who I feel like I can I can know briefly and then just still have a rapport with, like Justin and his wife and his family. Like I feel like we know each other better than we do. But um, I hope to know him better, and especially after this interview. Uh, we talk about getting together and having more of a, a close relationship because I feel like having a support team like someone like him 
uh, as an artist is so very important. I think that is something that you, you really must have. So him and his wife, Raina, um, and, and my husband, Dustin and I really, uh, I feel like, um, are kindred spirits. So, so yeah, so here we go with this incredible interview with Justin. And I will say we have a little audio snafu in the middle, but Justin it hooked me up with a great company that has helped me with my audio in this podcast because why not? Because he has a team of people doing his podcast. So I am benefiting from his knowledge. But um, part of the way through, you're going to hear us kind of do a little snafu, which is hilarious because it actually brings out some funny stories and we just start laughing. So I left it in because it's funny. And why not? That's life. Like not everything has to be so edited and so perfect. That's what this podcast is. It really is the unperfection of this industry and even recording. So here we go. The great, the awesome Justin Guarini. And I'm like, I'm, I'm going to be talking to Justin Guarini. I better have it together. Oh. Like, <laughs> You're darn right. You're darn right. You better, Missy. Could you imagine? <laughs> no, I'm glad. I just want to make sure that you have everything that you No, have. you're like my so, podcast guru. I know how this is. This is so important. <laughs> yeah. You really are yeah, because no I no you I, I I listened to your podcast that you just launched like June yeah. j- like the second week of June I think it was yeah. yeah so that is amazing that you are do I feel anyway I feel like everyone's doing a podcast not that it, not that like everybody's doing a podcast but I feel like it's another medium that us as as artists can like you say in the podcast have like a direct line to yeah. people who want to do this. Yeah, well, what I really love is that, you know, there are like 500 million blogs out there, right? But there's only a a much smaller number of podcasts because really to do a podcast properly and with the show notes and with the – I mean, I have a team of people that I work with. Um, who helped me out with all that stuff? Because oh, you did. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's not just me. I, I'm, oh, I'm it's all me. Oh, yeah. And you know what? Good for you. <laughs> no, not at all. My, my po- this is not. This podcast is is um, in growth form. I like to say because yeah. I listened to yours and I was like, oh, that's what it sounds like when you have a team of people. It yeah. sounds really glossed over and awesome, and mine's like glitchy and fun. But it's fine. But I mean, it's look, fine because the the- day, <laughs> like you say, it's a direct line. And I just uh, – I forget whose podcast I did the other day. I'm, I'm, I feel so badly uh, that I can't remember. The, uh, but he is out of Chicago, mm-hmm. and he does basically the same thing. And I said to him, I was like, you know what? I love what you do uh, and what I do and now what you, Meredith, do. It's like we have a direct line to people and we can give them information that will help them jump over the pitfalls that we got stuck in. We'll give them information and things that they need or advice or exactly. ideas or concepts. And it's it's direct. And that's what I love. As much as social media just sucks in general. And you I know. know. We'll go into it. <laughs> Social media has been so powerful because I come from a generation of entertainers who thought that the enigma and the separateness from the audience yeah. and them know too much about you was the way to go. And it was. That was what made people go crazy. But now you look at people like, I don't know, Busy Phillips is a great example. Busy yeah. had a really great career and then like it was she was in the desert wandering around for 40 years. And then all of a sudden she got <laughs> onto Instagram and to, to social media and did things 
and just lived her best life or her worst life and showed us her her entire just her vulnerability everything she's crying on some of her stories she yeah in it to win it and all of a sudden so many people were attracted to her, huma her humanity that yeah. now she had a tv show and now she has all these other properties and it's been the resurgence in her career so that direct line allows us the people um who have something to say and anyone who has something to say a direct line to an audience and allows us to control the story absolutely and narrative and don't you, I mean, doesn't the kid in you like, like, oh my God, if you were able to be connected directly to your idols when you were a kid, like, could you imagine the, the, just the excitement alone to be able to, to do that? And maybe kids nowadays, they're so used to it, but, but I, I, I do going back to that in terms of the, um, the goodness of social media and being able to do these podcasts and being able to give advice to actors and artists and stuff. I think it's so valuable. And I think, um, the more vulnerable and honest and real that you can be, I think the better, like you don't need yeah. to have this like persona really anymore. Right. I mean, you can, I mean, think about it. Like you, it, it persona. Yes. You don't have to have a persona anymore, but you still have to have a really good story. It's like, um, a persona, and I mean, I'm using an example that's like just ridiculous off the charts. Like Beyonce has a persona. Sasha Fierce, yeah, yeah. Before, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, there's a there's a thing that walks in the door before Beyonce even walks in the door, right? Right. And and yet, you know, you look at someone else who is equally as large, like Lady Gaga. If Lady Gaga didn't have the talent, if she didn't have the story of being the mother of the little monsters or the monsters or however she puts it, you know, what would that meat suit on the red carpet have done, right? right. You know, when she wore the meat suit oh. at the Grammys or something like that, then it becomes a gimmick. And so, you know, gimmicks have been around for since the beginning of time. But when you have a story and then talent and a message and you resonate with an audience, then you don't need all of those gimmicks. You don't need a quote-unquote persona. And what's really interesting is that, that when you do develop a persona and you have a persona, it's mostly because of the fans. They are defining your persona. They are creating whatever it is that they need around you. That was something that, you know, you talk about like the fame and getting a taste of, of, you know, social media and the sort of the, the, the crush of all that. Yeah. I realized that fame is for suckers, first of all. And <laughs> because it's like, oh my God, it's, it's the, it is a tool and people see it as a destination as opposed to an actual tool leverage that gets your foot in a door that gets people to pay attention to your message, you know? Yeah. And yet I realized that they, people, when they were like really gaga and the people who are, are gaga over me and what it is that I do, they don't, they're not seeing me. They're seeing, they're seeing your whatever persona. it is. Yeah. Yeah. They're seeing, but, but, but more specifically, they're seeing whatever it is that they have put around me, whatever energy they put around me that serves their needs. Exactly. Their projection of what they, what they see in you or right. whatever, or whatever, whatever it is. But, you know, going back to the persona thing, like back in the way back in the days of Hollywood, that was created for you. You were yeah, brought into, you. yeah, you were, you were molded. You were told you were given a new name. You were, you know, which, which, yeah. Lady Gaga is not her name. Her name is Stephanie. Yeah. But you're, right. you know, you, you still can can play that game and 
and I say game in an, in a, in a way that is, you know, it, it is branding yourself. It's a business. We have to remember that, but like, mm-hmm. but it's, it's a different thing now because you can also like back in the studio system, you weren't able to show your real side. You weren't able to busy Phillips yourself and show stories right. of you crying. That was not allowed. And now right. you can do both, which I think is better. And, and I'm kind of like, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit in my own bubble of, in terms of social media and looking at the, the positive side of it, because I haven't experienced any kind of fame that is the, the, um, the, the dirty side of it, or I, I don't know what, I don't want to say dirty. I just well, think it is dirty. And you know, it's, it, a game. Is. it really you know. is. And it is dirty. And there's a lot of still, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors and there's you know, plenty of, plenty of publicists who are paid to make sure stories don't get run. And, yeah. you know, but so yeah, you were saying about, you've never experienced the dirty side of fame, but or just that, and I, I wouldn't say that I'd say any side of fame. I really haven't. I mean, I, you know, just in my little success, I think I had somebody follow me from the stage door when I was starring on Broadway and they followed me to the A train. And I remember being so scared, like they tapped me on the shoulder and I remember just turning around and that they were like nervous to talk to me and wanted me to sign their playbill. And it was one person. And I was like, Oh, this is, I don't like this feeling. And I feel like if I ever became famous when I was that age, you know, I was 20, 26 at the time, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I wouldn't be able, I don't know if I would have been able to handle it, but I'll never know. And I'm, I feel lucky that I, I don't know, like I'm, I'm, I'm a hypersensitive person. Um, mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of people who have been thrust into fame that, that don't like it, but you kind of can't go back. Right. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because I went from being as a, as a child growing up, I was around super famous people. My yeah. father dated Gladys Knight, you know, at, at one point, and, oh my God. you know, like, and, and I was with the Jackson five on their victory tour in 1986. And I went to a couple of cities with them because my dad was friends with, um, uh, the family yeah. and, and like all these different crazy events. And yet it wasn't until 22 that I I stepped into that spotlight, or I guess I was pushed, thrust into that spotlight. And, you know, you can't go back. Like you said, it's like you can't go back. And fortunately, I was insulated. I had been around the lights and the cameras and, and all of everything because my mom was a, an anchor woman on CNN yeah, so you when had, it first started you, up. Yeah. So I had that training, and still it was a shock. Yeah. And still, when people came up to me, I'll never forget, we did this Vegas show. Uh, it was right before we went on tour, just after the show, uh, the first season of American Idol came down, and you know, Callie's the winner, and I'm the runner-up, and then we go back with the top ten, and we do this really crazy Las Vegas show. Yeah. And we're walking through, I think it was the MGM Grand, and somebody noticed it was us, because there was a bunch of us walking, and there were certain areas that we just could not get to without going through the main general area, and this person, this woman who was in her 40s, late 40s, came up to me. She grabbed my hand and she was just like, <laughs> and she was just like laughing really nervously. And she just grabbed onto me as though I was the 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 lifeboat, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or like the, the dinghy. And it was the strangest feeling. And I can't, just like you, I feel like I'm sensitive. I get weirded out um, when uh, people just don't treat me like we would be talking here and now. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it, it reminds me of something that Lionel Richie said to me one time. He and I were sitting down and he said, you know, fame doesn't change you. 
it just magnifies what's going on in That's your life. That's so true. What a and it yeah, does, right? <laughs> yeah. And I have a I have in addition to that, I think that kind of what you're talking about, that feeling you got when that guy or, or girl followed you um, to the subway, to the A train, it, that feeling tends to create in people uh, uh, just a brick in the wall. Now times that times a hundred thousand people who are coming at you like that. And you wonder why people are a-holes. You wonder why people are unkind and they just want to be away from everyone because that's just a defense mechanism. Now, look, some of them are not kind people to begin with, but some of that (laughs) unkindness is just attributed to the fact that I cannot deal with these people coming after me, wanting me for all of their reasons that have very little to do with me. Yes. And, and, and I feel like, um, for, for me and, and obviously you've been around huge stars. I mean, the only person I, I cannot, uh, I, I watched a, a recent documentary about Whitney Houston and she was mm. talking about Michael Jackson and, and her and, and him, I feel like had the, the, the level of fame that none of us will ever know or want or, or want. Um, and some people I feel like, you know, especially I have young nieces and nephews who are, uh, 15, you know, 13 to 15, and they want to be famous because they see it and they see the, 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 the fun side of it. I guess that's a a way to say it. Sure. But, but, you know, it it is something that you can't go back from. It's something that, um, you're thrust upon and, and you have these, or, or you had these great people around you that, that mm. were giving you advice and still, like you said, and still it was a shock and still people treat you like they know you and grab your hand and you're like, Oh my God. And it, I imagine it just keeps you in like adrenal fatigue. Like you're constantly on your guard, you know, people, you yeah, you have to be. And, um, you know, it, it reminds me of that quote that Jim Carrey said, I wish everybody could be yeah. rich and famous to know, yes. to see that that's not it. That's no. not the answer. No, right? that's not what they want. And, and, you know, you really brought up a really great point when you talk about your, your nieces and nephews, especially in that I have a daughter who's 14. I know. And while she's not fame obsessed. She's 14 now? She's 14. Can you believe that? Lola's oh, 14. Lola. Yeah. Last time you saw her, she was probably like seven or eight, something like that. Um, well, Will was five weeks yeah. old. And oh, yeah. So, <laughs> so she was like six or something. Oh, my God. Oh my it's so, so it's been that long, right? So yeah. she is. she opens my eyes on a daily basis in, in terms of what's going on with social media. Yeah. Um, sorry, my, look, my squeaky chair. That's, you know what? I, 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 embrace, I embrace all of that. This is the <laughs> okay. best audio I've had on this podcast so far. <laughs> no worries. No worries. So, um, so she... She, she opens my eyes on a daily basis, and what I see with her friends, who are all good people, uh, unfortunately, is that we live in a fame, a likes, uh, a a subscriber obsessed culture. And it's like social media is that double-edged sword where, yes, you can get your message out. And, yes, you don't have to go through uh, the gatekeepers of old, whether that be a record label or publicists or whatever, to get eyeballs on you and on whatever product or message you have. But at the other side, there's this addictive quality yeah and there is nothing more addictive and you know this just from being on broadway there's nothing more addictive than that love of the audience the lights the glamour the red carpets the flashes the all that and like you said they see the fun side they see all of the 
They see that. They see the yeah. life and the and the yeah. And the, they see the the yeah. fruits of all the labor, but they don't see the labor that goes behind all that. They don't see the trying on the sixteen dresses and dealing with body uh, image issues. They don't see all of the angst that comes from what happens right before you step onto that red carpet and god forbid you should say something wrong or yeah. look funny or whatnot because it will be instantaneously transmitted around the world or god forbid you had a life uh, you know something happened in your real life that has right. nothing to do with the industry like right before you happen to step on the red carpet you found out some bad news or you had a fight mm-hmm. with your significant other or something mm-hmm. like life happened and 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 it's it's this magnifying glass where where everybody, and now everybody has an opinion and everybody has a platform mm. to express it. And it, the, the pressure is just, you know, it, it's, it's a lot, but also a, a, as an artist, they don't see the fame thing. Now they don't see the, the work behind mm. the artistry or the craft of performing, you know, it's, it's, 20, 20 years, it, it, it was me dancing and singing and acting before I started on Broadway, 20 years yeah, before yes. I got that chance. And all of that accumulated, that's what, um, you know, going back to your podcast, that's some of the advice that, that for the, the people who want to go in and, and, and land their audition, it's like, you have to do the work. And, and there's a casting director in New York who said, when you come to that audition, you need to be as prepared as you possibly can, as if you were opening on Broadway that yeah. at, at that moment, you know, absolutely. Yeah. They want to see a performance. They, they want to see, see a rehearsal. Yeah. And I, and, and, and I look exactly. And I look at, um, I, I looked at your, and I haven't seen this since I think American Idol started, but I looked at your American Idol audition and oh of course God. it's, of course it's loving you. And now that I know you were around the Jackson five, I'm like, of course, but seeing that and hearing you sing that, I'm like, that's not your first audition. That is like a culmination of your upbringing and your, uh, all of it. Yes, exactly. I mean, you know, what is it? Luck is preparation meeting opportunity. Yeah. I think that's what that is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It took you 20 years of singing and acting and dancing and singing and acting and dancing and practicing and, and doing it just to get to the point where you had the opportunity to then prove yourself and the ability and the ability. ability, Right. And so you had to do that. And so when we look at Lady Gaga, for example, you know, she was Stephanie Germanata for a very long time. Yes. I love her so much. Oh, she's the greatest. (laughs) And I I mean, she was playing in, in piano bars in New York city and around wherever. And she was touring and she had brown hair and she just was like, you know, she was, she was fun, but it wasn't until she took all of that, all of her amazing artistry, her, ability and then married it up to uh the lady gaga story the persona the uh outlier and and then found her opportunity to get that message out there and to serve an audience that needed to be served that needed someone to say yes i see you yeah and i think the authenticity of that now now she didn't start off as lady gaga like meaning that she was doing clubs and and all of that before then but I feel like whatever that development, which I feel like as artists, we're constantly reinventing ourselves and developing new sides of ourselves or, or ideas are, are, are coming through us and we are manifesting those in the world. And I feel like with her, the fire that, that, that took with, with that as an artist was just, you know, the ideas became, you know, 
came to fruition. And a lot of times as artists, we, we have all these ideas and we don't, we're either scared of what people will think and, you know, and being famous, I'm sure there's a lot more, um, you know, a lot more eyes on what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Like it, it actually makes me think of something I wanted to talk to you about, which is your, your sophomore album, which is a jazz album. Yeah. Which I I love. (laughs) My dad. Well, my dad's a jazz musician, and I grew up singing jazz. That's how I learned how to sing. And and I was like, why didn't I know this about Justin? And 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 I I bring that up to couple with with Lady Gaga because in terms of like you know just the just the idea and putting it out there and like how did that how did that come to be and how did you because you produced that yourself right yeah I did I did I produced it with um, my. Uh, music director Greg Gordon Smith and just you know what honestly it came out of the desire just to do something for me Mm -hmm. that's really what it was because I had my first album and that was for everyone else they told me what to sing how to sing it and when to sing it and where to sing it and it was what it was and it did not do well and so then I found myself in my career living in LA um, still having all the fame but none of the actual like success, right? The, the quote unquote yeah. success after the show. Yeah. And so I was doing shows around the country and appearances and just basically making money off of, uh, you know, the, the long tail of American Idol and off of my own talent. And I said, you know, I just, I said one day, you know, what? I really love singing jazz. I was probably listening to some jazz and I was like, what, what would it take? Cause I think my music director that I had, you know, he would diddle around with some jazz. And, you know, when we were rehearsing for shows, we would sing some tunes together. I'm like, hey, man, what if we just put together a real simple album? You get some cats, you know, a bunch of really talented players. Some cats. Yeah, you know, like some jazz cats. And, you know, you're familiar with that lingo. Of course, you've heard your dad say that a hundred times. I love it. And so, like... What he did is he got a whole bunch of these L.A. jazz cats, one of them, Catisse Buckingham. Oh, uh, his yes. claim to fame is he is the um, flute player who actually really plays the flute in the Ron Burgundy, the first Ron Burgundy oh movie. My where God. he's like, oh, no, I can't, I can't. And he like, whips out the flute and does this amazing thing. Well, he has that sort of amazing <laughs> Quincy Jones-style <laughs> flute playing like and flute beatboxing and everything. And it was really yeah. cool. And so I was able to, to take all of these amazing musicians, get some really cool arrangements to some off-the-beaten-path jazz tunes, and we put together this album and it didn't cost all that much. It actually probably cost more then than it would cost now to make those things. But it was just like, I, it was my first really intro into production. And I went into the studio knowing what I knew, but I mean, album cover artwork, the, you know, buying the actual CDs. Remember those, the CDs themselves. Oh my God. Yeah. And then the jewel (laughs) cases and having to like source all of that man, you find the manufacturers and everything. It really was super interesting. And at the end of the day, I put that out for me and people listened to it. They liked it. They bought it. And it was just for me. And I really loved making it. And I love, you know what? And I think that that we all have to have as artists, we have to have a side where we're not scared to do something that is just for us. That doesn't necessarily, you know, you, you had the, the, I don't want to call it, well, you said that your, your first album didn't do so well. And I always say like, what, however, that's measured by the record label or yourself Mm -hmm. or you know, there, there is a lot of, like, obviously it wasn't something that you were driving yourself. It was told, you were told what to do, as you said, 
I was being dragged more like Dra- <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't driving. I was tied to the bumper You're like, dragging and trying to keep up, basically. Yeah, and, and it's a part of the music industry that, you know, maybe is a little different now. It's a whole nother yeah. podcast, but um but I also feel like like doing something for you is I always go back to like me in my rocking chair when I'm 90. Am right. I going to be proud that I did it or I didn't, or I'm gonna, am I going to regret that I didn't do it? And yeah. I think like having that idea to do a jazz album, first of all, it's phenomenal. I totally downloaded oh, it. You. I'm going to listen to my car when I drive around <laughs> LA. I love it. I love it because I, I'm a fan of you. I'm a fan of jazz. And I just think it's, it's such a great, um, side of you. And, and I feel like, why not? Like I have a jazz EP that I did, uh, after I did my show at Birdland and mm. I was scared to do it because I have such a, um, jazz for me is so high up in my, my sure. mind, all those sure. greats that I listened to growing up that it was hard for me to even do it for just myself, just three songs, <laughs> you know? Oh Yeah. But I mean, but again, you know what? I think you just tapped into something and that's the pressure that we put on ourselves. Yeah, we do. And- it's so amazing because really in the grand scheme of things, I mean, not to be woo-woo about it, but like, you know, considering that we are a speck on a speck on a speck on yeah. a speck of dust in the grand universal scheme, it's amazing how much pressure we as artists put on ourselves to deliver. And you know what I think one of the biggest killers is of great ideas, of inspiration, is looking at other people's stories and saying to ourselves, Oh, I should be doing that. I, I fall into that trap so many times and I have to pull myself out of it almost daily because of social media. I'll look and yeah. I'll look at someone who is sort of the same, has the same sort of, uh, what do you call it? Like your, type your as type. me, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, oh, that person's doing that. And oh, that person's doing that. And man, I wish I was doing that or I should be doing that. And all of a sudden when I start to get there, I, I hit the brakes and I'm like, wait, 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 wait. That's their path. That's their story. Yeah. I'm not supposed to be doing that. They are the ones who are doing that. And, and, and as much as I don't necessarily have the ability to do what they're doing right now, they also don't have the ability to do what it is that I am doing right now. Do you know how many of those people probably are looking at your little sweet commercial? Oh, yes. <laughs> and yes. are going like, why didn't I get that? That's hilarious. Oh, I want to You know what? <laughs> yes. I'll give you a great example of that. And I'm not saying that he's looking at me saying, oh, I wish I could do that. But he's someone who definitely loves it. I was in... Um, a rehearsal studio in New York doing a presentation for ABC for a, a new musical. They flirted with doing one of the musicals like, you know, Fox and, and I yeah. think ABC does, right? Yeah. They were flirting with doing a, a, a musical, a new musical, an original musical. Nice. And so I'm in there and this guy comes up to me and says, hey, are you Justin? I'm like, yeah, man, how are you doing? And he introduces himself. And he's like, hey, I'm the uh, vocal coach for Justin Timberlake and his backups and all that. What? I was like, oh man, I was like, hey, dude, I haven't seen Justin in forever. Tell him I said hi. And he said, yeah, we're in town. He was playing, I think, Madison Square Garden at the time. And just he's a like, little yeah, man, yeah, I know, right? Just a little, just <laughs> a little, little black box. Little black and box. so he, uh, and so he said, hey, man, you know, we were talking, Justin and I were talking about you the other day. We love those little sweet commercials and they just crack us up. And I'm thinking to myself, man, that's so 
But do you still get do you still get giddy like Justin Timberlake is talking about me? Like do you still You know what? Yeah, like don't tell anyone, don't tell anyone, but of course there's a little part of me that definitely gets giddy. I'm like, oh okay, good. (laughs) Good. It makes you know, it makes me feel like a little more worthy. Right. No, (laughs) it's so true. It's so true. And I and 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 in the last episode of this podcast, I was talking to to Sam Harris, who is a friend of mine, and Uh he he was talking about being a fan of this business right. and, and what keeps things exciting for you is to continue to be, yeah, yeah. You know, we're colleagues or whatever. And like, yeah. you know, but, but still getting that giddy excitement when you're like, you know, oh, yeah. Justin Timberlake is like watching my commercials and like, yes. And, and it's laughing so at, awesome. At like me. it feels like, so good because, you know, <laughs> and, and it's not just because Justin is like uh, Justin, but because I really respect him Absolutely, and I yeah. love what he does. And I love, I, I love him as a person. Every interaction I've had with him, he has been the most lovely, fun, kind, even when he's tired and kind of a little pissy. Yeah. He's just the most lovely person you could ever imagine. And, you know, he's earned the right to be pissy. He works very hard. But, like, you know, he's just still lovely. He still gives you time and focus and energy and just and he's been be kinder. And he's been famous since he was a kid. So, you know, yeah. it, it's 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 um just the, the, the way that some people handle fame is yeah. just better than others. And it doesn't, you know, it, like you said, it just kind of emphasizes who they already are. But that's awesome. Yeah. You know, I was so so... Dustin and I, we watched your, when, when little sweet, when we first saw you on TV, Mm. I had to pause it because I was laughing so hard. I couldn't, (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't continue with the next, whatever the heck I was watching. I was like, I had to get up and I had to like, kind of do a circle. And I was like, was that Justin? Like, was that, was that Corrine? Like, and so then I started laughing because all I started thinking about was like, I wanted to talk to you and be like, did you, did you come up with, like, I started dissecting like the amazingness yeah. of the comedy <laughs> and I'm like, All right, answer, ask me any question. Cause I got some good stories for you. Oh my God. I'm so excited. Okay. okay. So did you, was, was Prince an inspiration for, uh, for the outfit or the look? Yeah. Okay. So about that, in the breakdown, there were a ton of 80s rock star names okay. on there, right? <laughs> and so he was there, Brett Michaels, I mean, a whole bunch of them. And so what I saw, I had just come off of a nine-month um, uh, stint on Broadway as Fiero in Wicked. Oh, nice. And yeah. Now look, the the women in that show, the witches in that show, wear forty pound dresses and they do amazing things all across that stage, back and forth. Right? Yes, yeah, absolutely amazing. Fiero is a, a, a probably the most movement I've ever done in any show. It's a dancey role, it's a singing role. What's challenging about Fiero is that you have to come out and you have to be like all guns blazing, and then you go sit for a half hour, and then you come out all guns blazing, and then you go sit for like an hour, and then you gotta go come out. So that's the most challenging thing about was the most challenging. Thing and about that's Fiero the stuff nobody sees. They only exactly. see the stage. They don't see you yeah. backstage like pacing. Uh, like I gotta keep my energy. Uh, up. Keep it up. And I took a nap. At, at, you know, at one point just to make sure that I could get through. And so I had done that. And that show was painful on my knees, on my shoulders, from swinging out on the rope every single night. You know, again, those are the things that people don't see. It's like somebody came up to me one time and they said, you know, you work only three hours a night. That must be amazing. And I'm thinking like, you can go to hell. You don't know know anything. anything. (laughs) You don't know anything, right? That's when you have the imaginary cigarette and you're just like... (laughs) 
Listen, lady, you don't know anything. Right, right, right. <laughs> and I got some stories for you, kid. Let me tell you. Right, yeah. yeah. And so I, I, I did not want to go to this audition. I was like, let me have my holidays. It, it was uh, fourth quarter, late fourth quarter. And I said, I don't want to do this, please. And I was badgered into it by my team. And I said, okay, fine. And so I go up to New York and I go there and I read the sides and I'm like, there's no way I don't look, sound or anything like an 80s rock star, but I'm just going to go in and and I'm going to do it. And so I walk into the casting office and it's literally just a casting associate with a camera and then they have two um, LCD screens turned uh, vertically uh-huh. so that I can read copy. Okay. And so... I go in there and I'm wearing street clothes, whatever. And they hand me a sequin, a gold sequin jacket <laughs> like you would wear at a bar mitzvah. I used to work for a bar and bat mitzvah company and we would be like dancers and party motivators. Oh and like God. we'd wear these like cheap. It's like the cheapest sort of knockoff sequin, <laughs> not even like summer stock sort of like, like outfit. Our, right? Like our costumes from Surflight. <laughs> Amen. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Like just like go out to Party City and get us a jacket, people. Oh and so like that's what it was. And then I had a scarf that did not match. And so I'm in this gold sequin jacket jacket uh, a scarf and then they just start telling me hey do this and the first thing i see is little sweet slides in on his knees like a stage direction <laughs> and so oh my god so i'm like um all right so i said all right am i am i in the shot am i in frame and they're like no 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 okay so i back out and i literally was just like the hell with this i'm gonna do whatever i want i don't care i'm just gonna have fun and i slid into the frame <laughs> and i completely made little sweet and all of that and I just made all that up all the sing song and stuff and I will never ever forget it because one of the greatest things that happened to me before I came into that audition or the, one, of the, one of the best facts anyway is that I just didn't care I didn't care now look I cared in the sense of I'm going to go in and I'm going to deliver something I, right, I'm going right. Slow. but I didn't care about the outcome I was so focused on the present moment of just having fun on being able to basically do this audition and then call my agents and give them the not really give them the verbal middle finger and just be like I did it <laughs> I'm gonna go on vacation now thank you very much <laughs> and so I go in there and I have this great time just doing doing all this like jackass stuff that I do to make my kids laugh and I walk out and I'm thinking (laughs) they'll never call me oh my god and it's so perfect this is such a great example of exactly what you should do in an audition which we always get in our own way because we're always thinking about the outcome or like oh my god I have to get this or whatever what they want or or what what somebody else wants yes what they want like what like looking at the breakdown and going what do they want maybe I should do this maybe I should do that never thinking like you know just of just going in and being and you know having them give you a gold jacket and then just yeah. sliding on your knees and doing right. like you know <laughs> because the the other thing i the other thing which you answered is did it say in the script when you sing or if you no. sing all that high stuff that's all you no just made it up i was i was literally can i curse on this podcast yes you can okay good i was just bullshitting 
I was just bullshitting, just completely like, you know. Okay, so I, now, just, so yeah. now you're, now I have, now you're more brilliant than I thought you were before. And I already thought you were brilliant, but now Thank I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I, no, I'm, I'm, I'm so fucking serious. And I'm, I'm going to be the first one to really swear, say the F word, because I was like watching this. There's yeah, something. Good, good. Nice. So if you YouTube, there's like five, like five spots uh, back right. to back that somebody compiled for you. Right. And everybody, please go look at it. If you need to like, change your mood and just be happy. It makes me laugh so hard. Like I've, I've seen it like 10 times <laughs> <laughs> and great. I laugh and I laugh yeah, every it's time. The first five years. I think it's the first, uh, I might be the first three years cause we've been doing it for five years now. It's so funny. So do you know who else? Okay. So not only Prince do I think of, but I think of mm. Rick James, right? I yeah, think sure. of Randy Watson from <laughs> Randy Watson coming to America. Rand- oh, wait. Which one is Randy? Rand- oh, oh, I believe it too. Yes. That one. <laughs> Randy Watson. Say that for good. That for good. That's yeah, of course. Good. I remember that's that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. So yes, exactly. That's all I think of. So I literally was like, okay, okay, Justin, you have to do Randy Watson, Little Sweet, singing Randy Watson, um, The Greatest Love. At, at, <laughs> at some point, you have to please. Just that is amazing. Just yeah, I'll do, it just, I'll do it just for you. But you know what? If you want to hear Lil Sweet actually singing something, there is a an album that they put out. Now, of course, they're like 90-second songs or something like that. But if you go to <laughs> dietdrpepper.com, so it's dietdrpepper.com, you can see all the commercials – that you can hear the album that they put out that we did. It oh was my so god! Ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> and there's like music videos. There's all kinds of stuff that that got this put is, out. You know, it's yeah. it's it really reminds me of you know I had a friend back in the day who was up for the sprint. Um, can you hear me mm. now, guy? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it was between him and the guy who got it. He was the right. blonde version, and right. it was something that he was like, "This is one of the greatest commercial like characters, quote unquote, or or, or whatever." Then I feel like, and he was, you know, not to bring up a sad thing, but he was super disappointed that he didn't get it. But for for me, I'm like watching this going, this is like a whole side of you. And this is like such a great, um, commercial character, like, like a kind of legendary, I'm going to say it. Uh oh, I've gotten the legendary tag already. You got the legendary, legendary tag, tag for me because I literally—I I think the first time I saw it, I think I messaged Raina and I was like, um, "Your husband's hilarious." <laughs> and Dustin you know, and I just—thank you. It's so funny because when when I did it, and and to continue on just a little bit with the story that I was telling before, yeah, I walked out of there and I was like, "The hell with this, I'm going home now." Uh-huh. And that night, I got a call saying they want you in again tomorrow to for all the the executives and so i go in the next day and i'm thinking oh god all right fine i'll do it and the person who was sitting in front of me looked exactly like like height of the late 80s prince and i was like it had the thin the pencil thin like goatee and everything i was like yeah oh, yeah this, this, this fucker's gonna get it <laughs> and so i walked in there and i'm thinking okay great this guy's got it i just need to go in and show up maybe they they brought me in because i have you know a name recognition or something like that and they just yeah. want to contrast so did it and change, so, did it change your performance when you got the callback because i know oh hell no it's- <laughs> 
<laughs> I still didn't care. I was like, okay, this is interesting. Because uh, again, I was going to experience it. And that's one of the things that I tell my students. I'm like, look, you yeah. know, if you go into it and, you know, we can get into the whole uh, theory behind auditioning that I have and whatnot. But like, it's like if you go into it wanting to enjoy it and remembering that, hey, this is supposed to be fun. Yeah. We got into this business because we thought it was, we didn't get into this business. We got into this art form because we thought it was fun and we really enjoyed it. If yeah, you can we're go doing in there and just have a good time, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Paid to play. And <laughs> like, if you go in there and you have a good time and you realize that, okay, I am bringing my own unique experiences, my own unique perspective. No one else has lived my life. And if I really truly do the work on this character and I find myself in the breakdown, if yes. I find myself in the character and I walk in with that, yeah. there is no competition. There is no competition it's because so no true. one else can deliver what I deliver, right? Exactly. And so you go in there. I went in there and I was just like, all right, great. And the, um, uh, the director was in Spain shooting something else and he took time out to to put me through my paces the uh dr pepper folks were in texas and then the ad agency was in la and literally there was just one of these big um video conferencing cameras and yeah. it's still the same assistant and i have a video conferencing camera and i'm just video conferencing i can't see anyone i just hear voices yeah um of me and he's putting me through my paces and making me go faster making me go slower making me sing this making me not sing that telling me to do this adjustments and i walk out of there and i'm thinking all right, well, you know, and, and there was a glimmer of like, maybe this is something because they yeah. see I gave them everything they wanted and I didn't give a fuck while I was doing it and having a good time. And that's and the, that, 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 was that, it. that is it. That's the, it's, yeah. it's the, you know, Dustin always tells me, push your fuck it button. Like, yes. like, fuck it, Amen. But just do it. And, and, and what's, what I come from a, a dance background, very disciplined, very, um, yes, almost, I've seen you dance. You're wonderful. Thank you. Almost yeah. to the point of perfectionism, which can, yeah. which can hinder you in an audition room, because if you are constantly thinking about, Oh, it's had this, what do they want? Or this has to be perfect or blah, 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 and you're, and you're losing the paid to play attitude mm. of just make believe like, you know, that's, what's so great about children. They're so free and they're yeah. so, and, and that's, you know, I, I, I see when you do like silly stuff for your kids, like on Instagram or whatever, like, and yeah. you still, you tap into that so well. And I think that honestly, you know, I, I think it's just the, it was just the right character for you to play. Sure. Um, and, and I think that it's, um, <laughs> it's a legacy you're going to leave a little bit. And I know it sounds so silly <laughs> to say that <laughs> you're, like, you're like, little sweet is my legacy, but yeah, but why not? But why not? And it's so funny and you're so good at it. And I know I went on a really long tangent about that. Have I been on this other microphone? This is really loud too, isn't it? Good grief. Good grief. Oh no, I've been like way over here like, <laughs> can't you hear me? <laughs> and like, oh no. Okay, but listen, we're theater people. All right, fine. We, we're yeah, exactly. People. We move on. We project our voice. Yeah, exactly. So much. now that I can give you the actual close-up audio, now here we go. Can, now we can relax and get into our TV voice. Oh, perfect. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Here I am. I was talking on my microphone. I got this, you know, Sure, whatever you got microphone. this fancy, see, you're off. The, yeah. Well, I, I do have a fancy microphone, but I also, um, I don't know if it's picking, I don't know what's picking me up. I don't know. Because this is what Interesting. we do. This is, you know, we, we, we spend decades mastering our craft of singing and dancing right. and acting, and then we have to right. be 
technicians. Oh, and then we get fucked over by technology, <laughs> we right? Get, we get fucked over by technology. Imagine, oh, yeah. if, you know, if like, you know, I don't know, uh, Clark Gable had to have a fucking podcast and he's trying to figure out how to, how to work on podcast mic. Yeah. Oh, you know, it might have been better for Clark Gable to have a podcast because he was notorious. You know the Clark Gable story? He's like notoriously, he has notoriously bad breath. Oh, that And so, so all weird. those women who had to play opposite him and close up, and you know how they used to get real close during dialogue oh, scenes, God. right? That's... Would be cringing because he had such terrible breath. That's bad. I don't know how to segue out of that. <laughs> you don't. I you don't. Have <laughs> I have nothing. I have nothing. You know what? This is so strange because now you're probably going to be able to hear some fan noise. I hear some fan noise. I don't oh, know. Oh, terrible. It's not the kind of fan noise you want. <laughs> How about this? You can, can you hear me? Now? I can hear you, but you sound like you're in a. You sound like you're like you're talking into a pillow. How about now? How that's about, way I, is this better. That's this better. better. This okay, is great. better. Everybody who's listening to this is like, I need to turn my, I need to turn my sound up. Oh, I need to turn it down. Oh, what's happening? Well, this is why we were. You probably should cut cut all this out. But, um, <laughs> I'll never forget when Michael Jordan hosted SNL, and for some reason, I don't know why it stuck with me. It just, it, you just brought it up. And it was when he was walking on the beach with, I think, like Jane Curtin or Hooks or one of them. Yeah. And he's like, do you ever get that not so fresh feeling? (laughs) And for some reason, he did this whole like douche commercial, which just floored me. 15 or 12 or 15 year old me at the time. Oh, yeah. Which is it's because it's that that's the sense of humor. That's the that's the sense of humor you have. And 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 I have that segue out of that. And <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't. So where no. the hell were we before this all went? I don't know, but you know what we didn't talk about is how we what? met. And I, you know, I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm. Um, this podcast is always. I, I always. I kind of designed it as like a phone call, really, between the two of us, which is exactly what it's a phone call between like people that you know I happen to know in the business, and I'm lucky enough right. to know. And you and I didn't actually work together. But no, we, we were like we, ships in the night. We were, we were ships in the night. We crossed paths, and I met you. You will laugh at my my first image of you. Okay, well, of course, because I saw you on American American Idol back in the day. But when I when I actually met you in person, you had a baby strapped to the front of you. <laughs> I remember. And you William. were three weeks William, old. William, and he was three weeks old, and and you were standing um, in front of Gray House, which was a house that was attached to the theater that we were both working at. I was coming in to do Grease, and you were starring in Rent, and. I like, I turned a corner and I was like, Oh, hi. And then I was like, Oh, Oh, hi, baby. That's an, uh, strapped to your chest. And we just yeah. started talking. And then I met your, your lovely wife who I became friends with. And I, you know, I just, um, it, it was just so, so I, I, this sounds stupid to say, but like, I knew you as a celebrity and then I met you and it sure. was, there was no celebrity. It was just a, you're just a person in front of me. Straight and I was up, like, straight up humanity. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Because, you know, like sometimes you meet people who are celebrities and they have this like uh, air about them or something. And, and, um, and, and not to judge because I don't know, I don't know what that feels like or how, how that, that, that manifests, but Mm -hmm. it was just so nice to meet you and talk to you and not have it be anything other than, Oh, Hey, how are you? And yeah, that's my favorite kind of interaction. It was Especially great. People who are famous and, and way more famous than I have been or probably ever will be. And like, that was, I remember that moment quite well because we were walking. Oh, I remember 
you know what? I see my my first memory of you was I was walking down the street past the oh and I was just there a couple weeks ago and I can't it's like a it's an I know I saw market, you guys the name of the market um, like a, oh god I don't know Lynch's McGillicuddy's something like that sure like an Irish <laughs> name right McCaffrey's or something like that and so I remember walking down and I will never forget because you're uh, you're very attractive oh and thank I you. just saw this one and I'm like who is this walking down the street? And of course, I mean, look, I'm a, I mean, like, it's not like I'm like thinking, oh yeah, I'm going to make a move. I like have a, a, I'm married and B, I I have know. a baby strapped to my chest. Like nothing's <laughs> up to you, right? And so like, and I see the, and I'm like, hey, how you doing? And I think I'd seen you before. And I was like, hey, what's up? How you doing? Really? And we just had this really lovely exchange. Yeah. And it was just so, it was so nice. And it's just so interesting to me that even though you and I haven't had I mean, a personal interaction, and in, I can't even remember how long since the last time we've actually. It's been seen like eight eight years. Yeah. I think it's literally been since since you since left. Then, yeah, I don't know yeah. that I saw you guys when we were when Dustin and I were in New York, and then we left New York soon after. Right, and I think we, we yeah. missed you, and it was just it's just so nice to know that like where you were in your life and the things that you were going through. Yeah. What what we had spoken about and what, you know, yeah. as actors, how we all like to overshare, right? And <laughs> in, in those situations, right? We do. And so like, right. And so what you were going through and that you found Dustin like randomly oh, and so unexpected. Know, what he was going through. Unexpected, right? Yeah. And, and the fact that you're together, you have these two wonderful children, you're an amazing artist, he's an amazing artist. And what I really appreciate about you is that you had success in your 20s. Mm -hmm. You've had television success. You've had things here and there. And yet You've never given up. And I think that your listeners and and my listeners, because I'm definitely going to tell them about this podcast. Oh, thank you. What they can really and vice versa. Is the fact, cheers. And, and what they can really learn from you is the fact that you can have all the talent in the world. And you do. You have an amazing talent. Thank but you. But the jobs don't come to you. You have got to go out and you have got to make the work and you have made the work with this podcast with the facebook work the live work that you've done and like the videos that you put up like i've seen i've seen what you do you did and you know and it's, it's and it's all and I'm, and i'm and thank you so much i appreciate that and it's all i'm doing it all like gritting my teeth because i'm i i feel like i'm of a, a different generation where i'm i'm of a generation where i don't I feel like I want to be a muse. I want someone else, you know, I don't fashion myself as a writer. I don't fashion myself as a director or a technician clearly, but I, I, um, I would rather, I respect the people who do what they do so well that I would rather be the person who is the artist conveying all of that. But I realize that it's, it's, it's not like I'm like, I, like, I think that I'm better by, um, by creating something else. It's just that you have to nowadays really create and keep and keep those, um, artistic juices flowing, the ideas coming and just, just put yourself out there. And when you don't have a platform, you know, I don't, I'm not famous at all. I don't have any, I don't have a team of people saying, Hey, do this. Um, I don't even have an agent right now. I'm trying, I'm trying to kind of drum myself back up from, from nothing. And, and, but I think of this business as like a marathon, not a sprint. Right, and right. it can be a sprint at some points, like, you know, going back to you with your success at 23, 
you know, being thrust into fame and you're like, Oh, like I imagine you must've been like, Oh, this is it. Now I can coast. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least that, that, that furthest yeah. from the truth. Yeah. I think, was it Andre de Shield said, you know, the, the, top oh, I love him so of another one, right? Sorry. I interrupted what you said. I love no, Andre okay. de Shield just makes my heart open just to hear yeah, his name. Course. I'm like, ah. I mean, right. Of course. Yeah. It's just like what he said in his Tony acceptance speech, you know, one top of one mountain is just the foot of another mountain. And a couple of things that you said resonated with me in terms of, and I want to challenge you on something. You say yeah. that, you know, you don't have an agent, you don't have this, that, and the other, and that you're building yourself up from nothing. And I want to challenge you on that because you are not building, from my perspective, you're not building yourself up from nothing. True. And Thank you. What, yes. What I, I love to, because I feel this, I feel an imposter syndrome. There's this imposter yes. syndrome where you're like, who am I to be teaching? Who am I to be a mentor? Who am I to go up in front of these kids? I don't have a Tony award. I don't have 10 bajillion followers or likes or whatever you <laughs> want to quantify that by. And yet who am I? And what I've really learned is because of the experiences I've had, you've been on Broadway. You have worked your ass off, literally and figuratively, dancing <laughs> Very every true. single day, right? Yes. You are a mother. Uh, you are a partner. You are an actor. You are a singer. You are a dancer. You are all these things. And you have gotten to places that the majority of the people in our industry have not gotten to. Whether you've been in one Broadway show or 10 of them, yeah. you know, there's uh, – it's it's – a little sidebar. It's like whenever I get on Broadway, and I'm on whenever I get on Broadway. That sounds like such a whenever I get on Broadway. Get on Broadway. Whenever I've been. That's when you have to get. You have to get close to the mic and say, "Whenever I'm on Broadway." Whenever I'm on the way. And so you know, it's like whenever I'm there, it's a job, just like any other job. And if you're lucky enough to do it for six, eight, ten a year, then. Eventually, at some point, you kind of get a little bit bored because you're doing the same thing over and over again every single night. And whenever I get to that place where I'm kind of like, oh, okay, here's another show. I got to go out and do this. Yeah. Just feeling a little bored. If I'm just feeling a little complacent, I remind myself that, A, I got to give my best because there is someone out in that audience who is seeing their very first Broadway show. You are just like me. I used to do that right? all the time. Right? I, yeah. You know, and you're just like, I I gotta I gotta go out there and give my best because if someone had half-assed it during my show, maybe I wouldn't have been inspired to do what it what I'm it always doing it for that one. Going, yeah, yeah. I'm always yeah, doing it for that yeah. one person who's seeing their Broadway show for the first time. Because you can I call it the golden handcuffs. If you're doing a show yeah. that is so exhausting and you start yeah. to um and this is Broadway or not, really. Like, I mean, yeah, your first Broadway show, but like even if it's your first show, like I've done some regional shows that that can rival Broadway shows in terms of the sure. the talent and what's being brought on the stage, and you're like, holy shit, this is amazing. And, right, right. and you're exhausted because you're doing whatever life is coming into you trying to, you know, have energy for the show. And so I, I always just go, you know what? I'm lucky that I'm here. I'm lucky that I'm able to be, to be standing. And I, and I go from head to toe and and do my gratitude list. And, but I also do what you just said. I I say, there's somebody out there that is seeing their first show ever. And aren't I lucky that I get to be in it? 
Right. You yes. know, and you have the opportunity to, I mean, you really want to go deep with it. You have the opportunity to change lives. Yeah. The opportunity to change lives. Uh, the art and the artistry. We, and I say this in, in my book, Audition Secrets, it's like what we do as artists is a part of the machine that moves humanity. There is no great culture in this world throughout history that does not have a component of art and artistry. And there is so much that we discover and that we learn sitting in the audience about ourselves mm -hmm. through the artwork that we go to see, whether it be movies, film, television, whatever, that we go to theater, that we go to see. And so getting back to what I was saying before, that imposter syndrome, who am I to be uh, telling these people X from Y from Z? And I think to myself, I've had so many experiences, good, bad, indifferent, and everything in between. And I have the ability to help change people's lives to make their lives and their careers better yes just by getting up and just talking and reaching back to someone who might not have the advantages that i have using the platform of the podcast or whatever it may be the book or private coaching and so then i say who am i not to do that yes it would be a disservice to myself as well as all of the people that i could serve if i didn't get my message out there. Yes, and you're and you're and you're. Um, it, it reminds me of the Marion Williamson quote: "Who am I? Who am I to be gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Who are you not to be? Exactly. You, you, you shining allows other people to shine. You give permission for other people to yes. shine, and it's so true. And I think with me personally, and maybe this will speak to somebody who's listening because. Um, it happens sometimes. You know, you, I, I was bullied as a kid mm. for being good at something. I was, yeah. I, I was told that I was stuck up and that I thought I was this and that. And it Me was, too. see, there you go. I mean, I, so I, I diminish myself because I'm afraid people are going to think I'm conceited if right. I, you know what I mean? And so I, I, I don't know what it is. And it's, it's, it is something that even, you know, in my early forties, I'm still grappling with it. I'm trying to figure yeah. it out. But as an artist, you know, I, Anytime someone's like, oh, but you were this, you were that, you did this, you were that. Like when you were saying the things I've done and complimenting me so nicely in my head, I go, oh God, you know, I, I'm, I'm still, I'm trying to diminish it instead of soak it in and right. soak it in and then let it out to other people and be a mentor, be a coach and yeah. be somebody who someone looks to and has a direct line to that wants to do this, um, business or, or, or be an artist. I mean, I feel like we are, we're just a tribe and a community that should all stick together and support each other and however we can. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well said. And, and it's, it's really true. I still struggle with that. You know, I've got, I've got this amazing commercial that I've been doing for five years. I'm still <laughs> like, oh, I should be doing this. Oh, I should be doing that. And, and it takes people reminding me that they like it. It takes you saying, I love this commercial, someone that I respect and, and appear. And like, it takes those things to remember, oh my God, you know, there are people who would slash my throat, your throat, and everybody in my family's and your family's throat just to have <laughs> one of those commercials, much less, you know, five years of doing it. And so it's yeah. not a matter of 
that perspective. Yeah. And I have faced the same thing. You know, whenever you get a troll, people feel bad about it. They get upset about it. I get excited. When I get <laughs> trolls nowadays, I get so excited. Do you know why? Because I know I'm on the right path because I'm pissing somebody off. I am making someone else feel something. And maybe it's negative. And more often than not, when trolls come after me, I will meet them with love and vulnerability and say, yes, but, or yes, and, I guess. Yeah, yes, and. Yes, and, I'm doing this, but da, da, da. And nine times out of 10, those trolls, because I meet them, not with what it is they're looking for, which yeah. is more hate and more spite and more whatever. I meet them with that love. And I say, yeah, this is what I'm doing, brother. And I want to help you too. Or I want to, I, I would love to be your coach. I would love to show you this. Nine times out of 10, they say, you know what, man, I'm sorry. That was, that was really rude. And you're right. You are doing great stuff. And, and good luck to you. I mean, I'm not going to sign up for what you're going to, what you're asking me to sign up for, but I, yeah, good luck to you. You know what I mean? And so it's like, I get excited when people do that and it gives me more energy. And I think if we gave ourselves especially as artists, the permission, uh, to, to shine. Yeah. No matter what. That's then, such a good lesson. That's such a good you know, lesson. I mean, permission to shine. You got to give yourself the permission to shine because you, do, it's like, what, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, I forget where there's a quote or something like that. It's like, you know, my day isn't complete until I've pissed off at least one person or something like that. But, <laughs> But you want to rattle people up because yeah. they're, they're, the profit, there is no profit in neutrality. That's a quote that I heard somebody say. There is no profit in neutrality. And and profit not necessarily meaning just financial profit, of course. Yeah. But there is no profit in neutrality. Look at the Kardashians. There are people who love the Kardashians. And yeah. there are people who hate the Kardashians. And the Kardashians love both or should love both sets of groups because the people that hate them talk about them. Yeah. And then the people who love them will talk about, talk them about and them. defend them from the people who hate them. And it just is more, is more, is more, is more, is more. That is such a good, you know, your whole um, approach to trolls is like, mm -hmm. it's, it's like a, a healthy way to deal with bullies, but it's really hard. I think it's really hard for people who are, um, you know, young kids, but I, but it's a really good lesson and that, you know, that goes to you, uh, just being a good dad and a good example and, and, and all of that. I mean, it's, I, I love everything that's been said in this episode. I really do. I feel like, um, I feel like we're, we are putting out a ripple effect to somebody who is out there listening, whether they are in the business or not, they are getting a sort of a window into what it's like. Um, you know, really a, a real conversation of, you know, we don't, it's funny because I'm like I'm not going to really talk about like all your Broadway shows that you've done, and we're not talking about. It's so true. Like I'm like yeah. you guys can Google all of the things you've done. Yeah. I want to talk. That th that's what this is. Like I really want to talk about all the things we're talking about, and you're just helping me kind of um, develop and master what this what this conversation is, and and within that, inspiring people to just be be better humans and better artists, right? Yeah. And you know what's interesting? I've really discovered as I've worked with people in my private coaching and group coaching and other things that I've done, and just in my own experience, looking back on it at now 40 years of age, I can look back and see with that perspective that I, I didn't have when I was in my 20s or in my 30s. Yeah. And what I realized is 
so much of what we do, so much of the training that we go through in school and in class, it, we so focus on, okay, we've, we're, we're going to play a character and we've got to be this and be that and all the techniques and whatnot. But at the end of the day, one of the major things that we are doing when we go through schooling, when we go through all our classes, is that we are trying to scrape away all of that shit that mm -hmm. we have piled on top of ourselves, whether mm -hmm. it's it's the the social aspect or our our inner negative inner talk or how we see ourselves, all those perceptions, we're trying to discover the truth about ourselves. Yeah. And when we get to that place, and, and it's a lifelong journey, by the way, but when we get more and more and more in touch and in harmony with what's really going on inside of us, mm -hmm. that's when we truly shine and we can truly play a character with truth and vulnerability and power. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've... Yeah. No, no, that's, that's such a good point because it really is finding, you know, it, it, somebody said like, this is a while ago, someone was like, Oh, you're, you're, you're an actress. Like, Oh, so you just, you just like, you know, learn lines and get up there. And I'm like, what? Like that, that's what you think I do. Like we're creating, yeah. um, we're not, if you're doing it well, it's not acting. You are becoming, you are becoming a, another person and you are trying to show their humanity and you are honoring that story with becoming that, that mm -hmm. person. And, and I'm, I'm, I might not be saying my point correctly because my brain is going somewhere else, <laughs> but my mommy brain, but, but you know what I'm saying? And, it, and it's, um, cause I started to laugh. I, I actually looked down at my notes and I saw little sweet and I'm like, so when you're developing your character of little sweet, but you know what? I'll tell you something. And, and, and my, it, my it personality is to go to, is to go to the joke. It's all yeah, of course. Well, look, humor is one of my greatest defense. I know. Right? It's so like, true. Right? It's, it's so, so true. When I think about it, you know, when I am working with someone to develop a character, mm -hmm. um, I come at it this way. When you look at it, when I look at a character, I try and look at the breakdown and I try as much as I can to find myself in that character. You, mm -hmm. know, you talk about becoming that person. Yeah. I, I think that is certainly true. And I think that there is a becoming, there's an allowing that happens. But what I like to think of is that I like to align myself, my own experiences, my own thoughts, my own feelings yeah. with the vibe, my, with the vibration of the character. So instead of playing a character, I become the instrument through which the character plays. Yes. I think um, it was. That's uh, a great point. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so like I, I, my first episode I did with Patty Lapone as my oh, guest. I love her. She said to me that David Mamet came up to her at one point and said, you know what? Just stop working so hard. Have fun. Let the script do the work. Yeah. Right? Let the script do the work. You just have the fun. And so when I think about breaking that character down and figuring out, well, how the heck am I going to play this? I try and shift my mindset just a little bit and say, how does this character play on me? Mm -hmm. And if I were playing the demon barber of Fleet Street, for example, I've never murdered anyone. Thank goodness. <laughs> I hope I never have that, whether it's in self-defense or otherwise. I hope I never have the unfortunate you know, uh, experience of having to murder someone. Oh, my God. <laughs> I do know what rage feels like. Yeah. I have experiences in my life. 
that uh, mm-hmm. that, that are rageful, right? I know what shame feels like. I know what uh, having to keep a secret burning inside me feels like. And then when yeah. I start to think about those experiences and I allow myself to go there again, uncovering the truth, those things that we don't talk about at parties, those things we shove down. Yes. If I go there and I allow myself safely to experience those things again, then I the words are just, I mean, the words are just signposts. The, the dialogue is just just this path that yeah, because illuminates in yeah. my own experience. So I can go in front of my auditors, I can go in front of an audience, and I can tell them my deepest, darkest, most awful secrets without but using someone else's language, yeah. using someone else's words without right. having to reveal, I can reveal myself without having to reveal myself. And it's thrilling. Yeah. And it's what we do. We're storytellers. That's right. what we do. Right. We're, we're conveying, you know, this, you know, you brought up one of my favorite musicals, um, uh, Sweeney Todd and, yeah. and, that musical and, and, and so many, so many other great characters, which I think you should play, by the way, if you haven't played him yet, well, obviously you're a little young, but later, maybe a little bit later, 10 years down the line, 10 years down the line. But, 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 you know, talking about having the words propel you and, and I feel like a lot of the characters is revealed between the lines of the script and, and, and what's happening, you know, behind the words and all of those things. But that's what makes it so thrilling is trying to like, figure all that out and, and work all that out and find all those places that you go. And I do agree that you, you're going back to like, you know, there's no competition because your interpretation of a character, no matter how many times it's been done, your interpretation and what you bring to that character is unique. Always, always, as long as you let yourself in, let yourself right. into as long as you the own story. It. Yeah. And own it. Yeah. Own that without a doubt. And I, I, I want to talk really briefly about something, you know, I love to, in my work, I love to give people like actionable items. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I think it's wonderful to talk and to really philosophize about things. And yet I love action items. And so can I give something to your listeners um, that will help them with their auditions? Do you mind? Yes. I feel like it's, okay, a, it's like a free coaching from, from great. great. Okay, great. Yeah. I love this. Well, one of the things that I have, I have a book called audition secrets. And if you want to get a free digital download, and I mean it free, no strings attached, you can just go to audition secrets.com. And I'm going to get upper, it. Yeah. In the upper right hand corner, there's a little thing that says free book and it just sends you there and you can get the free book. And so what I talk about is in the book, I tell a couple of stories from my career and things that happened, but mm-hmm. I have these five chapters and in them, I give these actionable items that make your audition better and that you can learn today and start practicing today to see a difference in your auditions right away. Because my one of my goals is to help people stand out from the crowd. Cause yeah. and and I not only do I do like actual techniques and things like that, like uh, things that we do in the outer world, right? In our external world. But I love working on mindsets. And one of the biggest mindsets that I want to take a damn sledgehammer to like (laughs) is the Berlin Wall. Yes. The mindset that we are just another actor, right? Uh, I mean, yes. look, we, we've been trained to, to see ourselves that way. I mean, mm-hmm. Why do you think they call it cattle call, 
right? I mean, yes. we're trained to see ourselves as cattle. Yeah. So while I'm not a particularly religious person, I definitely am a spiritual person. But my father is a ordained minister. He was he was a this guy's had a crazy life. He was a chief of police, and now he's an ordained minister. Nice. Very interesting. I and love so it. He he has often told me when we have conversations about things like this, he says, there's a passage in the Bible that says, we saw ourselves as grasshoppers. Therefore, the Pharisees saw us as grasshoppers. Yes. Right? And so when we see ourselves as just another cattle, you know, uh, uh, just another... Uh, uh, um, another actor or another, another actor, artist right, or right, singer. Yeah. shuffled through the pen. Yeah, just, you then, know, whatever. Right. Then then the people who are in charge tend to see us that way as well. But one of the things that we can do to humanize the process of auditioning, which is a barbaric process. It is. Yes. It is a terrible process. <laughs> hey. If there was a better way to go about oh, it, knows. We somebody to figure it out. Horrible thing, right? It is. And so one of the things that people do all the time in auditions is they lie. They lie. They lie. I've lied. You've lied. We've all lied. Some of us still do it when we walk into the room. And <laughs> what kills me is that from the very first second we walk in the room, we usually tell a lie, which puts us on the pile with 99.9% of the other actors who walk through the door. Yeah. Now, it's very interesting because the people on the other side of the table are adept at sniffing out lies and liars. And so I'll give you an example of the lie. We are outside of the audition room in the casting room. There are people around us who are our same type and who were like checking out and looking at their clothes and oh shit, I didn't wear those shoes and oh, I didn't oh, wear shit. that. They're right. more we've prepared than that. me. They're, right. They're more prepared than me. And then we've got to listen to the the dialogue or the music wafting under the door. And yes. we've got to judge ourselves based on that. And then we have the sides in our hands and we're like, fuck, I can't remember this last word or God, this moment is tripping. <laughs> me up or all the things that we pile on ourselves right and so then we true. hear our names mm -hmm. then we hear our names and our blood pressure jacks up a little bit more yeah and we put on a nice smile and we stand up and we go to the door and we walk across the threshold and inevitably the people on the other side of the table ask us some version of how are you today uh-huh how are you feeling and what do we do the first thing we usually do is say yeah oh I'm great. Ah, this is, ah, I'm awesome. Meanwhile, the look on our faces says, I'm scared out of my fucking mind, or I cannot believe the day that I've had, that I've gotten here. My train was late. My dog shit on my rug. My kid <laughs> threw up all over me. Whatever it is, right? And so we walk into the door and we just tell that lie and we do it almost every single time. It's so right? true. That's so right? true. But, do, but, but, but do, don't you think like, you know, I, I, cause I've heard, I'm going to interject a little yeah, go ahead. tiny, tiny story, but like people have said like, oh, you should walk in like the character. Like what would the character say if you, and this is like, this is a, yeah. an, an, like old school advice that I got like back in my college days, like you want to walk in and be the character. And if the character would be, you know, Oh, my day is, my day is fucking shit today or whatever. Mm. Like if that's what the character would say, then you say that. Or, or if the character is Peggy Sawyer, you wouldn't walk in and say, you know, I'm fucking pissed today because that's right. not Peggy, you know, right. I, I don't know. Like, right. I don't know, but that's an interesting, so, that's an interesting well, that, rejection. I think that is a silver bullet. That is a silver bullet that will work a very low percentage of the time, I think, because yeah. what, what I'm trying to do is because, again, it's like, yeah, you can walk in as the character, 
but I don't think people are expecting that. I, think I know. I don't like it either. I've never done it, by the way. I've never yeah. done it. I think I've only heard that working once. And it was with <laughs> Bruce Willis for Moonlighting. Now, of course, I'm showing my age right here. Like, I love that. I was love it Moonlighting. That show was Moonlighting. Yes. Yes. Still, was that Civil it? Shepherd. I love Civil that Shepherd. show. And he walks into the show. He walked into the audition room, I heard, according to the story. And he was like, all right. And he did the shooter fingers. Like, he's like, <laughs> and he's in his like white. Imagine young Bruce Willis in the white. Uh, um, uh, what it's not it's what is unfortunately known as the wife beater. I know I, I know that, but whatever that's, that's a whole called. nother podcast too know, exactly. yeah we didn't say that anymore I, I'm, I'm half Italian I'm half Italian and all my Italian family calls it the guinea tea like okay so you know what I mean so it's like you can't win you can't win you but can't like, win you know what I'm talking about I know what right? you're talking that's about so yeah and so he walks in and he goes all right let's do this and he was the character Right, and so he booked the gig pretty much when he. But the out. essence of him was already that character. Like what what is meant Absolutely. for what is meant for you will be yours, right? Exactly. Whether or not you're wearing the right outfit or you right. or your dog shit on your rug that morning, like right. whatever is for you will be yours. So stop trying so hard or lying, right. as you said. You know, lying when so hard, yeah, lying so hard, yeah. And so you know, it's fun to talk about. Oh, and point out. Oh, you lie. I lie. We all lie. We're all liars in the audition room. But what do we do about it? And in the book, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, tell you, I love action items. I love to talk about things, but I also love to say, okay, well, what are we going to do about that? Yeah. And so in chapter two, it's called Don't Ever Lie. I give an example of, of what I gave to you. And I say, okay, instead of lying, remember... And, and this harkens back to what we talked about earlier, that this is a, I want to humanize this process. These people mm-hmm. on the other side of the table are human beings. More often than not, we as actors walk in with this sort of like, oh my God, please give me a job. Oh my God, <laughs> I'm not worthy. I bow before oh, you. God. And you know what I mean? Yeah. That's sort of, we put them up on a pedestal yeah. and it becomes this performance. And at the end of the day, what I believe an audition is, is a dialogue between artists. Yeah, and it a is. dialogue between artists who are on the same level. Because yes. if we turn the tables, the people on the other side of the table, more often than not, are desperate for you to be the one. They want you to be the one so badly because they've got 10 other projects that they need to cast. Yes, so badly. If you come in and if you come in and you deliver, that means that they get to say, yes, that is our one. We can move the fuck on and we can go to lunch. <laughs> right? Exactly. And like, right? So they're yes. excited. They're on your side. It's and hard. So keep that in yeah. mind. Go ahead. Go no, ahead. It, it, you are so absolutely right. I heard that from a major casting director for ABC way back in the day when they were doing pilot season and they were like we just want you to be the person we want you we want to cast this and we want you that was mark yeah marcy phillips yeah way back in the day she's great and rosalie joseph and both of them i you know i worked a lot for abc um luckily and 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 they were the ones who said that to me and i was like you know what it's such a great mindset and i i need to remember that but when you get into those nervous places sometimes all that goes away and it is a mental game and i feel like you're, you you want to take a sledgehammer to some of those mental games that we as actors play with ourselves and 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 yeah. do to ourselves because we can be our own worst enemy sometimes and just having the relaxation and the ability to let your human side of you out and have it be a conversation between artists is such great advice. It's like gold. You're giving me yeah. the gold sequin jacket right oh, now. No worries. <laughs> well, look, I'm about to I'm about to give you the scarf too. Check this out. Oh, I love so, it. All right. 
now that we have the gold secret jacket of knowing that hey, we're just human <laughs> beings. They're human beings on the other side of the table. We're yeah. human beings walking into this crazy situation, this yeah. barbar- barbaric situation of auditioning. Yeah. So instead of lying, I have a three-step process that I like to give people, and it's a script. And basically, uh, what it does is it stops you from lying. It shows your humanity, but it also gives you some energy, some something that sets you apart from 99% of the people who walk in the door. And so, yeah. example, if I were to walk in, instead of being, when they say, how are you today, Justin? And I'd be like, oh, great. Yeah, <laughs> I feel great. <laughs> I'm awesome. Right. Instead of, instead of doing that, if I'm having a shit day, now if you're having a great day, great, this is awesome. But if you're having like you're feeling a little nervous, which I I, I think you should be worried if you don't feel a little nervous. Yeah. No, I'll I I know it's time to hang it up when I don't feel nervous or yeah. anticipation or that sort of butterflies first date feeling. Yeah. But when I walk in the door and somebody asks me that and I'm like nervous, I feel like oh god, this is I just want to get this right. They say, "How are you doing?" I would say, "You know what? I got to be honest with you. I'm actually." pretty nervous right now. I'm just like, my palms are a little sweaty, but you know what? I'm excited to be here. I really love this character. I've worked hard for it and I can't wait to play with you and get your feedback and, you know, see what we can do. Yeah. And it's really simple. The three-step process there is one, tell them in as few words how you're truly feeling in that moment. Right. Yeah. Even if you're, and if your train was late, or if your dog shit on your rug, or your <laughs> kid threw up in your mouth, whatever it is. Oh God. That is humanity, and that is a link between you. It's like a string and an arrow with a string that you yeah. shoot out, and and they get to catch it, and they get to say, "Oh my God!" And they get to offer their experience of maybe a train being late, or a pet making a mess, or something like that. Boom! Or their kid, their right? kid throwing up in their mouth. Throwing up in their mouth, right? There's a human connection <laughs> that you make right then and there. And then the second step is to then turn it around and say, "You know what?" But I'm, I'm prepared. I've worked really hard on this. I'm excited. Tell them how you feel about the opportunity to be there mm-hmm. or feel about the actual role itself. You know, I, I have loved this role since I was a child and I'm totally geeking out that I get to come in and audition this. And then the last step is to say, I can't wait to get your feedback. I can't wait to play with you and see yes. what you can do with this thing. Right. Yeah. So in three steps, simple, less than 30 seconds, maybe even 15 seconds worth of dialogue, you have completely brought a fresh breath of air into the room. Uh-huh. You're doing things that 99.9% of the people who walk in the room don't either know or have the courage to do. And you're making a human connection to the people on the other side of the table. And it's just like, all right. And and you're setting yourself up to get feedback from them. Yes. And that, battle call or not. Right? Yes. And absolutely that the, the feedback part of it, the step three part of it that you're talking about is, is really um, nodding to the fact that it's a collaborative art that yeah. you're sitting in front of producers and directors and choreographers and people who yeah. are looking to put their ideas onto you. And it shows them that you are willing to, to, to play in terms of the the feedback, because if you come in and you, oh, if you come in, sorry, I hit something. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, using no, my arms okay. and expression because yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. I'm the same, I'm the same way. <laughs> but I'm, but I, I, it, it, it shows them in, in a very easy way um, that you are game 
for this, this, this thing that we do. Cause it is collaborative. A lot of people forget that sometimes people think that they're the actor and they're in, char- they're the one who's conveying the character and they're more important than anybody else. Not, not that not everybody thinks this, but some sure. people do. Sure. So if you get in that trap, I think, um, remembering that, that step three is so important, but all of what you said is so great. This is gold. This is, this is, this was the non color. This was the, the non-matching scarf, but, but I think it's, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this it is, well. and this yeah. is the thing that you have to learn the hard way because they don't teach you this in school. They don't, there's so many things they don't teach in school. And I feel like, I feel like your podcast and I know it, um, I think it's on episode two, right? No, there's, so I, think, uh, I think I put out like somewhere three or four episodes or something nice, like that. But it's in, in the, the beginning. Week or yeah, like it's, it's in the still, beginning it's like in the stages. second week. It's in its like second but it's such, week. But it's such great advice. And Dang. and it's called Audition Secrets. You can get it on any podcast uh, platform. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, oh my God, it's such a great uh, a great thing that you're doing and that you're putting out into yeah. the world. It's really awesome. And I'm going to learn so much from it, you know, cause oh, I, thank you. But I do, you know, I feel like as artists, we have to, we're never done, right. We're always no. learning. We have to be, we can't think that we're like, um, yeah. no, cause then that's you know? the death of art. That's the, the death of art. Totally. Art grows with us, I think. And so, you know, it's like, I'm learning things from my conversation with you, you know, ideas oh, and quotes nice. and concepts and this yeah. conversation for me, it's like, I feel like when it comes to you or like an Amy Jo Berman or a yeah. way collective, I think is what it's called. I mean, we're all doing the same things. We're all trying to take our experiences where it's like, I think of us, like we're on the four Oh five, you know, it's a six lane highway <laughs> and we're all on the same highway, but we're not in the same lane, right? You yeah. teach what it is that you teach. Amy Joe Berman teaches film and television. I teach audition technique. Broadway Collective is like you get a huge dance component in terms of and singing yeah. and acting and all stuff there. And so we're all teaching these same things. And there's no reason why we can't work together Absolutely. in order to serve. Because at the end of the day, yes, we're all trying to make money. We're all trying to get our names and our <laughs> message and whatever else out there. I mean, that's life, right? Yeah. But at the end of the day, I I think what makes success is the person who serves at the highest level in this game, in the game that we're playing right now, the people who can serve at the highest level win. But isn't that being an artist? Like we didn't get into theater to make money. Right, we kind of for a million different reasons <laughs> because it would got be into it, right? Nice when that happens, but the love of it and the love of giving and the love of teaching and the love of performing—it's yeah. all kind of melded together, and and the the ripple effect we're putting out into the world and and um, yeah. all of that. I feel like is that's the goal, and then the money comes if you're doing what you love. And I feel like this podcast is something that I love. I didn't know I was going to love it, but I really do. And I really feel like the people I get to talk to like you, I mean, it's just such a gift. And I hope that that then is a gift to whoever's listening. Um, and whoever listens to your podcast is going to learn so much and then, and so (laughs) on and so forth. And I'm just so grateful. I'm so grateful to, to this time together. Um, I, I must, I must see you guys whenever we are back East. You know what? And also, I think, yeah, (laughs) I'm going to, Raina and I, my wife, Raina and I might, um, come out for little sweet um, <gasps> in together. And I, I think we usually do that. We usually shoot fourth quarter 
And unless something has changed, I think I, I, I hope, I believe, you know, it's one of those things like, even though I'm doing this oh, amazing commercial I've been doing for five sweet, years, you're gonna like, be, yeah. every year I'm like, fingers <laughs> crossed, it's going to happen again this year. You're going to do it till you're 50 and you're going to be like, hey, you're, from your lips one. to God's ears, from your lips, I'm like, it's the sweet one. I hope to God that I'm that lucky, right? Oh, and, that's and awesome. do, but yeah, if we come out, I would definitely love to see you without a doubt. I would love that. Dustin is Oh, absolutely. And and we will get, you know, if, if, if you guys can fashion and bring the kids out to, you know, we'll get them all together and just have a ball. If yeah. you want, so here's a little thing I'm going to put out to you. If you want little sweet to tap dance for any reason, I don't know what that would be, but I'm right. putting it out into the universe. Cause I believe right. sometimes if you put something out there, maybe it'll happen. Cause I think it's, I think it would work. I think it would be, if you had some like nice gold heels or something, just a little heel, like a Prince oh, heel. Man. And then well, we look, do there a little really great silver shoes that he wears. If you go back and you look I've at seen him, them. He I wears these silver shoes. they're the most ridiculous things. I think they got them off of Zappos and there was like one of one pairs, right? Like these ridiculous <laughs> shoes from this crazy Italian designer that we've had for five years. And what's really interesting is that there is this small triangular tap oh. on, which I think was originally supposed to be for like, because they're so smooth on the bottom, it might yeah. be some traction. It's traction. It ends up being, it ends up being like a tap. Okay, so here's the idea. thing on the end. Here's the idea. Yeah. In between takes, when you're like, when they're, you know, fixing your wig and doing all your uh -huh. thing, uh -huh. you're just going to go tick, 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 just a little bit. And then everybody, from, they're going to be like, oh my God, that's a great addition. Let's do it. Who can we get to coach him? I don't know. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Let no. me call Meredith. <laughs> you got to come. No, no, no. But I'm serious. You got to come to the set because a buddy of mine I who die. has done some stunt work. Oh, you got you. You definitely it's should happening. But a buddy of mine who did some stunt work, who's like way into physical fitness and whatnot. He like does all the Spartan races and all those yeah. things. He came to the set to visit and in one of the last series of commercials, I do this sort of roll out of a ventilation system. Stop it. And I, and I swear to God, he just happened to be there. And I was like, hey, and I mean, I didn't pay him anything, but like he was on the set. Oh, well then forget it. I was like, yeah, I know, right? Because you're right. But like, I was like, hey, my buddy has done some stun work. Do you mind if he comes in? And he was coaching me through doing this role. And it ended up that we used it. And he he basically like should get like a stunt credit on, you should get residual. Like, well, I'm, get residual. Like, like, I'm not giving him my residual him credit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, no, but like, um, yeah, I think he may have gotten a stunt credit on the actual oh, production. So awesome! So you have to come because you never know. There may be a moment when 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 Lil Sweet could tap dance. But in the meantime, <laughs> we are here. We're gonna do what we can for our community to to serve we are at the doing highest what level we can. and give people as much love as possible. And, and if silliness. People want to find out more about what it is that I do. All yeah. I have to do is go to auditionsecrets.com auditionsecrets.com where you can get a free digital copy of my book, book and private coaching and yeah. in about a month time I'm uh, month's time I'm going to release my uh, signature course which is the audition secrets quick start course there's going to be such one is an online component in there where it's a, a do-it-yourself course that is a companion guide to the book, um, as well as a bunch of other goodies in there, um, including uh, access to me and a VIP Facebook group. And oh my God, I love it. Really awesome, awesome stuff. And You're so my, smart. 
I'm just trying to serve at the highest were... level. And believe me, I am. Look, I, I just turned 40, and there's going to be some point where people don't want to see me or hear from me. And I'm trying to leave a legacy you, and to, to make you sure that branding. I have you are branding. You are, you are doing it. You're doing all the things you should be doing as an artist. You're branding yourself. You're doing all this crazy. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. But, 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 Aside from the business part, you're really putting out some good some good content for for these artists up and coming, and it's it's awesome. I think that when you're in your rocking chair when you're 90, there's a lot of things that you're going to be proud of not I not just so. your kids and your marriage and all yeah, of it, but of just course. just you know what you're putting out into the world. So thank yeah. you, thank well, you, my Justin. pleasure, and thank you very much for the opportunity. Of and course, you're doing the same exact thing, and I, I cannot wait. I really do truly believe I was I was thinking the other day before we did this podcast. I was like, how can we collaborate? And I think that there is Let's definitely space where figure you it out. Can collaborate. Yeah. we can figure it out because I think that there is I'm all about community and I am all about eradicating the notion of the negative notion of competition. I think competition is healthy, but the negative notion of competition, especially when it comes to serving our community, and yes. there's no reason why you, me, and a bunch of other folks can't get together and really serve at a high level, enjoy ourselves, and give back to our community because yeah. our community has given us so very much, hasn't it? Uh, it has so much, and it's going to continue to give both of us so much. And I am down for all of that. You, you awesome. have, you have all of my my contacts, and I will yeah. be there whenever you need me, Justin. Awesome, awesome, that's great. <laughs> thank you right, so Meredith, much. Thank you so very much. I adore so you. Much fun. Oh my I god, it was great. Dear. It was great. Right. I'll give talk. Dustin, to you. a big hug for me and a kiss for the boys. Yes, and and you with Raina and Asher and Will, will. and everybody. I will. Okay. I will. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. To support this podcast, make a donation or become a sponsor, visit confessionsofanactress.com. Be sure to follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Meredith Patterson. And remember, have vision for what you want and be grateful for where you are.